This conversation that we are going to have on today is so needed because we cannot really expect to change the world without first having changed men. Okay? Go ahead and loosen up because it's going to get hot in here, all right? We, we, we cannot effectively change the world without having changed men. And I begin to just think about some things. If I was a man listening to culture, I would be confused. First, it was they wanted men to be a provider. He didn't talk much. He didn't express himself, but he just provided. And then back then, the ladies say, don't you talk about your father. Don't you talk about him because he's a good man. And that good man was attached to him being a provider. And then later on, it was like, okay, I need him to express himself. I need him to be vulnerable. I need him to be able to talk to me and share his heart with me and his feelings with me. And then it transitioned to I need a high value man. If you don't make six figures, then you're not a good man. So as a man, I'm like, which one do I do? <laughs> Which one do I do? And then an undertaught principle that we were talking about is men need affirmation. See how quiet it's getting? Like, it's amazing. I don't need you. You sorry. And then when he leaves you, why did you leave me? If we are made in God's image and God's likeness and God loves worship and worship is to compliment him and compliment what he is doing. If we're made in his image and his likeness, we need it too. But the thing is, how do I be what I have never seen? Preach. How do I be what I have never seen? And why do we have men who roar for sports but meow with faith? <laughs> right? So th there are a lot of aspects of being a man that is not being necessarily taught in church. We're talking about them, but we're not training them and teaching them. And so, therefore, we have a condition in all churches. This is not just in America, but globally, where there always seems to be more women than men. And so we're praying and we're asking God to just guide us to be able to have the wisdom on how can we get men to represent Christ without feeling like their masculinity card is at a question mark. And I think if I could just be honest, and I'm going to pray and we can start a conversation. I think it is the feminine portrayal of Jesus. This blonde haired, blue eyes, hair has a perm, frail, peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. And this is what we say Jesus is. I'm like, okay, Jesus was a man's man. He stayed in the wilderness, so he probably had a little bronze tone to him. He was a carpenter. He had splinters in his hand. He had dirts under his nails. He had a beard. He was a man's man. There was probably a reason why when he flipped over tables, nobody messed with him because he was all man. He was all God. And we need more men who recognize that is what true masculinity looks like. That is what true manhood looks like. So this is the conversation that I want to have. I want to pray that let's just start the conversation for whatever's beating on your heart. I'm already sweating. I just know it's going to be good. So let's pray together. Father God, first and foremost, we thank you for being awesome. We thank you for being sovereign. And we recognize, God, that there has always been an agenda in the earth to take out the man. We believe that the narrative of hell is if it's a boy, kill him. If it's a male seed, kill him. If it's a warrior, kill him. You have put a warrior on the inside of us, God, and you need for your kingdom men to rise up. And I'm praying that this will just 
be a ripple effect that will continue to cause more men to want to serve you, more men to want to seek you. Because if I don't know you in devotion, I won't be able to hear you in direction. And the state of our homes, the gatekeepers are out of position. It's easier to take over a kingdom when there's no king present. It's easier to take home, take over homes when there's no fighter present. So I'm asking, oh God, that you anoint your kingdom men to arise. And this is a conversation that we have to have, not just on Father's Day. But you need your men to arise in the earth. Let it be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So brothers, conversation about deciding to be a man. Where would you start? What is the issue? What's beating on your heart? Let's talk. I'll I'll, I'll say some stuff. I'll say some <laughs> stuff. A lot been, has been on my heart in regards yeah. to this. I'm talking to men on a weekly basis. Man, it's just so much to say. So, man, I'm going to come back to it after we, we speak. But I would just say, man, in this current atmosphere and environment that we're in, men are afraid of the war that comes with kingdom living, mm. kingdom family. Um, in scripture, 2 Timothy uh, 2, it says, um, a soldier does not entangle himself with the affairs of civilian life because yeah. he's more positioned and aimed to please the one who enlisted him. But if we are men with a soldier's call, but a civilian lifestyle, then we will never enact and engage the way we we're supposed to engage. I've had I've had many, many conversations, and I think a lot of the conversations that we had that we get fed up with, you know, what's a you know, high-value man or what men are willing to tolerate and all of that stuff. Yeah. I realized that men are attracted to the easy way, mm. the easy route. What, like, it's almost like, you know, I'm, I'm a firefighter, but you go in the fire. I'll go when it's all put out. And so wow. when you ask a man, what does he really want? If you listen to the undertones, men don't want to fight. Men don't want to challenge. Mm. Men don't want to struggle. So they'll say, and so I've heard, man, I've heard this conversation. There are men that are, you know, changing the, 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 the ethnicity and the, the race of the women they're going for because they're looking for a woman who gives them less lip or talk back. Yeah. Men are looking for younger women because they're more moldable. Yeah. You know, have you heard some of the things like that? Yeah. Really what, what we're hearing is weak men run away from challenge into the easy access. And so why are men running to areas where they could get easy women? Because that very notion. Because if I can conquer, if I can easily conquer, then I don't have to war. I don't have to fight. Mm. I can get to the honey without the bees. I don't want the struggle. I don't want the school. I just want to graduate. I want the money. I don't want to graduate, go to school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like that mentality. And so how do we get to a place? Now we're going to have to deal with the, the academy. Yeah. I think what's happening is... We're skipping the academy because of the things that are going on in the academy. And when I talk about the academy, I'm just talking about life, and I'm also talking about church. Yeah. And I realize that a lot of times men feel out of place in church because of the cultures that we promote and we create. All of us, a lot of us. Mm. And I think sometimes when men come in and they see, you know, they see a, a Jerry Flowers. When, when that, 
if I was, if I didn't know who I was, and I'm a man and I see a Jerry Flowers, I'll come in a situation like this and say, wow, there are a lot of people that are being blessed by this man. A lot of people are being helped by this man. Um, he gets respect. He gets honor. I don't have a place here. A man, a man is not attracted to a place where he doesn't feel he could contribute. And so when they come into a situation, instead of being drawn to the wisdom that someone like you provides, they're repelled by the wisdom. They're repelled by the influence. They're repelled by the impact. And so now a man of God who is lead, that gives guidance to a church like this becomes a threat. And so... I have no place here. And then how we contribute to it is the way that we celebrate what's in the forefront. And so instead of us being the type of people say, oh, well, let's honor the man of God. But any man that comes in here has his own honor. Yeah. And I'm not just going to honor the guest speaker. I'm not just going to honor the guest minister. I'm going to honor the sound man. I'm going to honor the light man. I'm going to honor the janitor with their own individual honor, with their own giftings, yeah. because they all should be celebrated individually and honored uniquely. But yeah. we, we fall into that worldly, cultural, you know, idolatry, and then men are repelled by it, and they go to where they're appreciated the easy way. Yeah. I want to add something to that. Um, if I could just be transparent, this, this whole process of striving to find land and finding a building and all that stuff has been really frustrating me, right? Um, I guess I just really wasn't in the mindset like, yo, this is a war move. And uh, I was complaining to God about it. I said, man, this, this feels like a storm. And the same feeling I felt when God said, try me in November 2019 was the exact same feeling I felt when I heard this in prayer. I was complaining and telling God, I feel like this is a storm. And he responded to me by saying, enjoy the rain. <laughs> enjoy the rain. <laughs> I, I want to enjoy the rain. Men, we want first-round knockouts. We want first time we come up swing, boom, home run. And, and there's this word that I begin to think about that just lines up so perfectly with what you're saying that I think is lacking in a lot of us, especially men, and that is resiliency. Resilience. What does it mean to be resilient? It means to fail get back up, fail, get back up, fail, get back up, fail, get back up. See, we don't clap there, right? right? But the Bible tells us that all have fallen short. This means the woman in here who looks holy, she has fallen. The man who looks like he has it all together, he has fallen. The man who doesn't yeah. look like they have it all together, they have fallen. Yeah. And if you have not fallen yet, your fallen state is your liar. But you know what? Like we, we don't celebrate. We don't, we don't talk about right. the failing part. There and is. that's why everybody is so afraid to fail because we hide behind the, we, we see the glory, but we don't know the story. And yes. so you can see me preaching on the platform or therapy Thursdays, but you don't know the struggle right. that my wife and I have of trying to die to flesh, right? Yes. And so then when people don't see the failures and they're, all they're doing is chasing yes. the success, so when good, in man. fact that is not the truth. Mm. But the both of you all are saying some things so powerful, and I'm trying to chase behind and jump in. I'm like, what, what do I? It, it's so much being spoken. I think that when I hear you, Zeke, like, I guess I started, it's two things. One, when you were talking about men when they enter into the sanctuary, one of the things that 
repels men, as you were saying, is that a man, many times you're like, he won't come to church with me. He won't come to church or he comes and he don't come anymore. And, but he sees the respect and the adoration that you give to the man of God. There it is. You will, he will preach the man. Of, Jerry will be up here or I'll be in the pulpit and every word that comes out my mouth, you pull out of uh, your, your notebook, you're writing notes. But when he's at home telling you something that is on his mind, you ain't paying him no attention. Right. But you will come to church and you want him to come to church with you. Every time he speaks, every time this pastor or the man of God says something, you are on the edge of your seat and he will never say a word. But he watches, he hears, he feels. And the reason why you're going to come to church. Oh, no, I, I, I'm tired from work or, you know, oh, you know what? Uh, uh, no, it's excuse after excuse. And one of the reasons is because he pays attention to your behavior. And so I think I've, I've learned this in ministry. So that's why when 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 I, when two people get married and the woman still, you should come here. You should come. Come. No, 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 no. Y'all two work that out. I'm the both of y'all pastor, not just your pastor. And so even the man of God has to learn how to navigate that better, because I'm telling you that if I do not help the woman or the wife to say, hey, listen, I'm your pastor, but that's your husband. And he comes first. And if a man does not, if he feels that you respect someone else more than you respect him, naturally, he will find something else to do with his time on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And you know what? What what you're saying is so good, too, because um, the fact that you can respect me or anybody up here shows that you have the ability to respect. Come on. Come on. Now, you, I, the, you have the ability to remember. You have the ability to retain. You have the ability to listen. But you can't remember nothing I said last week. You remember Look. we had that conversation and you said, I, I don't remember. But when Jerry says something, you remember from two years ago. I'm sorry. Right, I, I mean to cut you off. And look, and look, here's the thing, though. The reason the respect, ooh, let's be transparent. Come on. The reason the respect is so high with me is because you don't know my failures. I'm about, I'm, about to, I'm about to put you out that chair. You don't know my failures. You don't know my struggles. Come on. Mrs. Flowers does, but you don't. And this is the problem. We lose honor when we see weakness. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Now now, 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 come on, come on. Let's turn down this street. Let's turn Why down don't this. you open up? Why don't you talk? It's because if you see my failure, you will no longer honor me. So I will hide the parts of me that I'm trying to change, that I'm asking God to change, because if you see my mess, you lose your respect for me. And for my wife, we were Y'all on go. the phone, we were yeah. on the phone before on the way here. And we were talking, and then she was like, um, what are you all talking about again? And I said, baby, you, you had the information, and you shared it. How do you not remember? And so we laughed, and she said, you're so grace for me, and I'm so grace for you, and I love you because I love how you cover me. And we're, just, we're having this conversation, but what's powerful, though, is that she will speak highly of me, but she knows my failures. She knows my weaknesses. Yeah. But people who don't fully know everything are quick 
to love me and adore me. But when you do find out that I'm not made of steel, yeah. will you still follow me? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's twofold, man. It's a twofold issue because yes. on one end, it's about what's what the affirmation that's not being uh, yeah. given off and not yeah. being received by the men. But it's also men not truly knowing their value and knowing who they are. There it is. You know, when I, when I had my son uh, mm. for the first... My, when I first looked at him for the first time and I held him in my arms, I was already proud of him. Mm -hmm. I already loved him. I already had plans for him. And all he had to do was be. My son did not contribute to my bank account. In fact, I think when I think about the hospital bills he took away, <laughs> my son, he wasn't even fully formed. Oh, Jesus. This is good, he man. wasn't even fully developed. Yeah. But just looking at him and him being was enough for him to, 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 to attain, attain and retain yeah. my love. Come yeah. on. And so if that's, that's something that God told me this year, I will never forget. This was for me. I want you all to know that men of God grow. Oh, that was a revelation for some of y'all. Say it again. Say it again. Men of God Grow. Yeah. Men, I'll say this, say it like this. Men of God have to grow. Yeah. And you just because something looks like something doesn't mean it is. I'll say this. I can have everything you think that a man should have to make him seem a certain way. Yeah. But on the inside, there's there's struggles. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. when somebody somebody could be insecure. And when you look on the outside, like, there's nothing for them to be insecure about. That's what you see. But you yeah. don't know what that man is going through. You don't know the lies that that man has lived under. Yeah. And so one thing that I know I realized had modified my behavior growing up was, which I didn't know, this idea that I had to garner my value from others. Like, mm. I couldn't be valuable unless... You like me, and you like me, and you saw me as this, or you saw me as that. And what God showed me was, you see yourself as cheap, and from this moment on, I need you to know. This is the word that he used. I didn't say it. You're expensive. That's God so told me I was expensive. That's so good. And that changed everything. Yeah. But this is what he said further on. He said, just because it's given does not mean it's received. I was like, God, what does that mean? God has his plans. God, like, God calls me son. He says, you have everything I have. You are everything I say. But that manifestation does not happen until I fully embrace yeah. what God has given and said about me. Yeah. Meaning there are men next to you, around you, that had you, that are with you, that are called that have literally a mantle over their lives. And it's confusing because you're like, God, I, I, I see, it looks like potential, but it's not manifesting. Just because it's given does not mean it's been fully received. Yeah. And so literally a calling, a, 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 a mantle could be right next to you, could be on the brink of you, 
But until you fully make a decision to accept that, walk into it, and align your thoughts with his truth, not reality. I'm going to say that again. Anytime you hear the word reality, I want y'all to just automatically put quotation marks around it. There's a difference between reality and truth. Yeah. The reality is I've messed up a lot. The reality is I don't always have it all together. I say the wrong things. The rea reality is yeah. I shouldn't have this, so I should Okay, that's reality. But what God says is truth. So good. And God's truth trumps reality. And you have a choice whether to live in your reality or to walk in God's truth. Receive God's... I'm saying this, and this is prophetic. God is saying to someone in this room, man or woman, I need you to receive my truth about you. Yeah. The moment you receive God's truth about you, automatically, you don't have to do no rebuking. The lie of the enemy, the lie of your exes, the lie of your path, past, the lie of your habits, the lie of your addictions, no longer have foothold. When you truly receive God's truth, God says, I'm righteous. So addiction, you, you don't got no room here. And so it's this idea that once I receive the sonship and position and the call of God, now I have the freedom to walk in that thing with authority. And yeah. until I do, I will always suffer in yeah. my reality. That's so good, man. And that, that, that it's kind of it's like, put it this way, the devil lies to us many times with facts. Isn't that crazy? He lies to you with facts. You screwed up. That's a fact. But you're not a screw up. That's a lie. You see what I'm saying? And so it's really understanding what God says about you. And the reason this is so paramount, especially for men, is because one of the universal roles for men, especially fathers, is you hand out identity. Let me give you a Bible. Look at this. Genesis chapter 2, verse 19. Um, I just want you guys to just see this. This is way Adam. Genesis chapter 2, verse 19, it says, Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to who? Adam, to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. I was talking to my wife about this. Later on this year, I'm going to do a series called Dominionaire. Like, you don't even understand. You were called to walk in dominion. You're stressing about being a millionaire. God said, I want you to be a dominionaire. Okay? Now, now, look. One of the original universal roles for the man was to hand out identity. Hmm. So, what happens when the home has no identity giver? Woo. Now, what happens when the identity giver is an identity crisis? Okay? Now, look, look. When the, when the identity giver is an identity crisis, he starts to engage in handing out identity theft. 
So I feel significant by wearing other names. Maybe this is why your Jordans make you feel significant. Maybe this is why Louis Vuitton makes you feel significant. Maybe this is why your Yeezys make you feel significant because I'm putting other names on me when your original assignment was to hand out identity. And whenever the home does not have the identity giver, the woman will engage in identity theft. Now the son will engage in identity theft. The daughter will engage in identity theft because the one that God has placed there to give the identity that he has given him to give to his family is not there or he's in crisis himself. Jesus. See what I'm saying? Bro. I know that was a lot. Don't have to watch it back on YouTube. That was a lot. But, but, but that is what is happening. I'm believing lies about my identity. I'm believing cultural facts versus biblical truth. And so when we have men who aren't resilient, this is why we go ghost. This is why we walk out on our families. Because we aren't taught that even though you fail doesn't mean you have to leave. Preaching. You don't have to leave because you screwed up. But we rather run in this other thing culturally. Like we got to hold them accountable. Listen, I'm not held accountable by people who don't count. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Hold you accountable. You are not my accountability partner. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't handle all of my mess. Just like Isaac said, his wife is graced for him. My wife is graced for me. Some of us really need to start praying for whoever you with. Am I graced for them? Preacher. And if I'm already in covenant, God give me the grace for them. Because I was not looking at your will, I was looking at mine. Isaac, you better come get me. Hey, hey, listen. Hey, ain't nobody trying to come behind all that, you know. <laughs> but, but what I will say, there's two things, because you continue to mention culture, and we yeah. have to address that one. Talking about the identity and to support that. That's why I said in one of the Therapy Thursdays that, you know, the wife's future should always be found in the husband's mouth. Because before Eve ever gave birth to a child, he said her name is Eve because yeah. she is the mother of all creation. Yeah. Before any children ever came to the scene, he called her a mother. He prophesied and he spoke into her life. And so a man's man, a kingdom man, has to be able to speak, as you're talking about identity, into the life of his wife. So good. The second thing, you're talking about culture, culture, culture. We hear this, we hear this. Culture, man is at war against culture, and it's so true. You look at Timothy. Timothy had a mother and a father. They were not married. He lived with his mother, was not raised by his father. Paul comes on the scene, begins to mentor him. And when they were apart, he writes a letter to Timothy. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he's trying to help to usher him into what kingdom manhood is like. Yeah. And one of the most powerful things that he says to Timothy, a young man who he's mentoring, he says, hey, do not waste your time. You can see it for your own self. Arguing over godless ideas, yeah. the idea of what you think you need to be. Yeah. And old wives' tales. 
Instead, pursue godliness. And let me, let me explain that. Don't waste your time chasing vain ideas of what you think you need to be and who you think you need to do, what you, think, what you need to do, yes. and old wives' tales. Old wives' tales. What is old wives' tales? I remember researching that. All the women in the culture who are not submitted to the Holy Spirit are creating the barometer of what a real man should be <laughs> and what a real man should do. He needs, to, he needs to have a right car. He needs to have a 401k. He needs to be six foot, seven foot, whatever the thing is. All of what old wives, they are obviously dominating the culture so much so that, that Paul sees that Timothy is wrestling with culture. And he's trying to abide according to culture. And he said, listen, as long as you continue to chase culture and chase what women are saying who are not even submitted to the spirit of God you're going to be chasing your tail he says listen I don't, you can't be a godly man and submit to culture Good. you can't be a godly man and try to do what women who are not even submitted to the Holy Spirit are trying to do you have to pursue kingdom manhood and yeah. I think that's powerful because when we start talking about culture even Timothy was wrestling with this. And so every man at some point in time is going to look at the commercials. You're going to look at the TV shows. You're going to look at social media and you're going to think I, that's what I need. That's what all of the women seeming, seemingly desire and like. So you start, I, well, let me talk about Isaac. Isaac starts chasing that. You're going to join the fraternity. You're going to get the nice Mustang in college. You're going to be everything that you think you need to be because you need to be this image, this idea. So I spend most of my teenage and my early young adult years chasing ideas of what I thought I needed to be. Now I'm heading to 30 years old thinking I'm a man's man because this is what culture says you need. And so I'm going to propose. I'm a man. Realize, boy, you can't even manage your emotions. <laughs> and I thwarted yeah. that engagement. See, oh, 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 so y'all didn't know that I, oh, oh I've been engaged three times. Wow. So y'all going to walk out now? <laughs> I, I, I got engaged the first time. I, I thought I knew what I was doing. I'm a man's man. This is what culture said I'm supposed to do. And I realized as soon as I was faced with conflict, I shut down on you. Oh, as soon as I, I wasn't living up to the standard, oh, I'm going to blame you. Yeah. Walked away from that engagement. No, no. I tell you what, I, I'm going and, to, and, and then the Lord said, whose fault was that? It, it, it was my fault. Yeah. I wasn't emotionally mature. But see, I had to get to a point in my life where I could be accountable to the Spirit of God. Yeah. 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 Because for me, manhood is coming in phases and through failures. See how we get one, one clap? Oh, oh and, and you know what? I ain't living for the claps. <laughs> Look, um, th this is why we do Therapy Thursday, because I believe therapy deals with your past. Spiritual leaders prepare you for your future. Come on. So I need them both. Wow. You see them? The therapy is for me to unlearn the lies with facts. So I'm not viewing myself through the failure. 
Atmospheres and forms like this is to prepare you for your future and also let you recognize if you haven't dealt with the past. In this series, I dealt with it, making peace with your past. If I haven't dealt with it, it's going to currently affect my decision-making while I'm here. And you said something so profound, and it happened with me as well. A lot of men, the reason we're stuck is because we're taught to chase achievements. Yes. Okay? So you can't see I'm failing. You can't hear my silent screams. All you do is post, you killing it. Come on. Right? So I'm really a man who does not know how to celebrate small milestones because I've been taught you achieve. Yes. You make good grades. You make good money. You get a good car. You get a degree. I'm an achievement driven. Mm. Mm. But when I do not achieve in an area, I run. Boy, pastor. (laughs) Hey, 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 listen, because what I say is I orchestrate my victories and I avoid my failures. If I know I'm not going to win in that area, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to avoid it. Yeah, yeah. And this is why sometimes men shut down is because they know I'm going to lose in this conversation. And ladies, don't get get too happy because if you're trying to make him lose, especially in marriage, if y'all are arguing and both of y'all are trying to prove a point and you feel you won, y'all both lost. You can win and still lose. <laughs> you Man, both lost. But that's what, what God told you in, the, in your grapple with God, with this building and everything. Just enjoy the rain. Yeah. To be honest, what's going to matter most? And I was just telling one, I got a lot of friends, nice looking guys. Great, you know, they all the, 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 the on stat, on paper, what the woman won. I'm like, why are you not married, bro? <laughs> hey. Why are you not married? And it's always about this fear. It's always about this fear. It's always about I don't want to fail or whatever the case may be. I'm just like, at the end of the day, you just find someone who's willing to dance in the rain with you. Mm. So good. Mm. I remember, true story, I was still doing the the poetry thing. You know, you guys know I I run a poetry tour. And at the time, I was trying to get in. I was in over my head, and I I wanted to do things in my flesh. And I had all these ideas. And so I I tried the ideas, and the ideas. I felt like God literally sabotaged me. So I took everything. (laughs) I borrowed, took all my savings, everything. It was $130,000 on the line. I lost it in three days. When I came home, (laughs) I told my wife. (laughs) How did that conversation go? So this is what happened. She was like, okay, what in it? I was like, well, this happened. And I was like, $57. She was like, well, there should be this left. I was like, well, then this happened. And then I was $60,000. And she was like, well, there should be this left. And I was like, well, that happened. And I was $9,000. She was like, well, then, well, we don't have, we're renting. We don't have any money for rent. And I was like, we don't. And she was like, okay. Well, let's, we're going to figure it out. Let's just pray and figure it out. Look at God. At that moment, I was like, this woman, first of all, you will never have to work again. Come on. You will never struggle financially again because you are willing to walk this out with me. Yes. And I realized it's okay. Yeah, men do need affirmation. Men do need women that are willing to celebrate their victories. But men need women that are willing to walk with them in the midst of yeah. trials. Yeah. That's what this generation of, of, of good men, they're lazy men. You don't want a lazy man. But what these guys were talking about were good men. 
good men work for rest. They work to get the, the rest of accomplishment. But great men know who they are and they work from rest. I am rested and seated in knowing that God is in full control. Yeah. I'm a provider with a lowercase p. Yeah. That means I could be broke today, but I got a God who has an infinite source. Yeah. I work from a place of knowing who I am. Yeah. And here's the crazy part that we always get messed up. And Jerry, your testimony has highlighted this so much, and even in my life. I tell you the truth, a real man of God that really is going to do great, great, great things doesn't have a definite, this is how it's going to look like over the next 10 years. Come on now. Come on. Say it you again. You know why? Because God don't reveal it like that. I remember what you, you preached. You, you said, you preached a sermon about the gap, mm -hmm. about what God said you're going to be and where you are and when he said it and what you're going to do in the midst of that place. God wants to develop women who are willing with a smile and rock. I'm walking with God's voice in you till we get to the place that God said we're going to go. Yeah. Not going to be walking in doubt, fear. Like, I know the God that is inside you. I might, I might not know. I don't have all, but I'm going to apply myself. I'm going to dive in with you. Let's go. And it's not foolishness because if, you, if the, God, the God that put y'all together... He loved you enough to let you go this far, and he yeah. did not call you here to leave you. Yeah. And so if you're, willing, if you're willing to stand and trust God in the midst, God will not fail you. Yeah. God will not, man, brother, God will not fail you. You might not know what 2032 is going to look like, but are you willing to surrender? Are you willing to learn? Yeah. Are you willing to heed wisdom? Yeah. Are you willing to follow are you willing to submit? Oh. Yeah. If you're willing to, you, like, we're talking about dating a lot, but I think one of the highest qualities to look for in any individual is their willingness to learn, is their willingness to admit fault, is their willingness to grow from where they are. To me, that is, that is the most important thing. If you're willing to look at yourself and say, you know what, that could change. You gotta, that, you like 90% there. <laughs> you, know what's, All right, go ahead. you know what's powerful with that? I just wanna elaborate on that is when you're dating to look for these things. The problem is we date Express. And Express. So you can't discern or see these things. You think you see growth, but you, you're projecting growth on some, on some man. And I think what happens is we move through the dating process so quickly that we get to the covenant of marriage and then we wonder why he underproduces. And it's like, if you just took your time when you were getting to know them or know him, you would have saw that there was no paper trail of growth. There was no paper trail of consistency. There was no paper trail of like strength. And it's not his fault. He will, he's been who he's all, he always was. You just projected something because you needed to wow. get to a destination. And so just because he says the right things, just because he shows up, just because he brings you flowers, just because y'all get chemistry doesn't mean that he's your covenant partner. And I think that that's something that we have to consider in slowing down the dating process. And just and being willing to get the tools. Because there's a difference between having the heart 
and having the tools. Come on. You need both. Yes. And this is the thing I realized. There are so many people who are not together anymore because they got with people who had the heart but didn't have the tools. Mm. Or had the tools but didn't have the heart. Ooh. You need both. If I have the heart but I'm not willing to pick up and get equipped with the tools, mm. then somewhere along the line, oh, my God, I'm going to try to fix it with my hands. He becomes a home improvement project, you know. And so now we got a whole lot of women in here who are better construction workers than men because you make every man a home improvement project and a science project because he, he just needs this little work. And if I just do this, then he then we going to be just fine. And then you make excuses for every deficit because you just going to improve everything in a man. I want to go somewhere, but I heard, you know, pastor over here speaking. So you got to pass. <laughs> Yeah, and, and oh man, this is, this is kind of heavy, but um, the downfall of quitting is sometimes all that hard work that you put to help him, another woman will reap the benefits. And you got to be okay with that. Is that too real? No, no, it, it, it's, it's, <clears throat> and I say it all the time for all of us up here, the, the individual that you saw, see now, was not the same man in 2012 when I married my wife. Mm. Loved the Lord, seeking God, mm. but I grew through her help. Mm. Okay? Um, there's a question I'm going to ask, because when I, when I develop sermons, I always think of devil's advocates, because literally when I do a sermon, somebody's going to probably say this. So I want to touch on that in a second. But what you said was so true, and I'm honest enough to admit, and I just learned this, people rather real than you appearing to be right. When I was talking to my wife about this, I said, I don't know God's voice in land, in land purchasing. Your like, pastor said that. <laughs> what pastor, you know, I don't know God's voice in the area. It's like we, we have this facade. I know this. I know what I'm doing. I don't. I don't. And I'm learning, and I'm asking elders, and I'm asking my parents, and I'm asking my father because this is a level I have not been to. This is why you don't chase theirs. Hear me. You don't chase theirs because there is a ceiling for another floor. So when you chase there, once you get there, there's another there, then another there, then another there, then another there. So you never feel there. And so now it's just hitting me like a Mike Tyson punch in the 90s. God is saying, enjoy the rain. Enjoy there. Because in 2019, I didn't have to ask God for these type of questions. But if you enjoy there, you enjoy each process. It's that express part that we're Come just on. trying Come to on. breeze through. So here's the question. I just feel if I was a devil's advocate, this is what I would say. These men are setting y'all up to deal with fools, to deal with sorry men, because they're telling you that when he fails, stick around. No queens. You have to know your worth. You have to know your value. You have mm. to understand who you are. God mm. did not create you to hang with somebody who keeps missing it. It should be a perfect it be a perfect fit. It is not supposed to be a boxing match. And this is what I think somebody will leave a long encyclopedia like like type of definition in the comment section. Mm. And so I want to kind of ask, I want you guys to touch this on how does one identify one who is failing but striving versus one who is a trap? That's a good question, right? That's how I would develop a sermon point. Because you're like saying, okay, they failed, they failed, they failed. Okay, when is failure a red flag? Versus when does this mean I should be gracious in this area? And the reason I want to talk about this is because we are an Amazon Prime generation. We are. Drive-through generation. You pull up to KFC, they tell you 10 minutes for chicken, you're leaving. 
Go home and try to make fried chicken in 10 minutes, though. You see? We, we want this expedited, quick process, and everything that fails difficult, we label red flag. So that's what I want us to talk about. Let's get real up in here. How do we differentiate between a red flag and this needs grace space? Let me put my foot up. All right, I'll say this. That was a good question, wasn't it? <laughs> I talked about this in therapy Thursday with my wife, but one thing that we overlook is that God created Eve outside of the garden. Mm -hmm. And then God, the Bible says, the, the Hebrew word bo means to be led, and he led her into the garden mm -hmm. where Adam was. So before she had a relationship with Adam, she was being led by the Holy Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. She had a relationship with God that was foundational before she had a relationship with man. Mm -hmm. So there is an element of priorities that's in place. And I believe one thing that gives me rest in my marriage, because I'm still a newlywed, is that on, from our honeymoon, we were on the plane and I was writing some notes in my, in my phone and I asked my wife, like, why do you trust me? Because, you know, like, we've had Rocky, she said, because you're consistent. Oh. You're consistent in what comes out of your mouth. But, I, but, but I, I'm looking at all my failures. I'm, well, I, I still haven't done. What you say is what you do. I may not be the perfect image of who Jesus Christ is. Even now, she says, I love her with the love of Christ. I'm like, but... I'm, do you know what goes on in my mind? <laughs> but, but, but hear me, because we will look for the pastor to say this one word, and we'll be like, that's why I'm staying. It's confirmation bias. We just want to hear what we want to hear to stay where we want to stay, right. right? But it depends on where is the Holy Spirit in her life? Hmm. How loud is the Holy Spirit in your life? Because many times we would allow the voice of man to supersede the voice of God because we want this relationship so badly. Mm. That's good. Hear me. How? Because when you get into the relationship, your devotional life is altered. You don't wake up when you need to wake up and, and do devotion. You don't, you, don't, you don't spend as much time with God, but you sure make sure you spend time with him. And so now all of this is altered, and then you're wondering why you can't hear, you can't see. The first person you need to be in communication with is the Holy Spirit. I believe that's one of the foundational. Now, I can give you all the practical things you want because we want the quick, get, get, tell me exactly what I need to do. And the moment I say you need to be sure to be in close alignment with the Spirit of God, well, that's too hard. Give me something that I, that I really can use. I'm telling you now. Yeah. Because if you're talking to the Holy Spirit and you're in alignment with the Holy Spirit, then you'll be able to see this is inconsistent. Oh, so good. Something don't feel right. I don't yeah. care what he tell you. I don't care if he tell you you being too emotional. This just doesn't feel right in my spirit. Now that you know it doesn't feel right in your spirit, what you going to do with that? Oh. Excuse it away. 
Well, well, now, now, you know, you know it's a red flag. You know it's depleting you. Relationships are hard work, but it shouldn't be depleting you. Yeah. But, but I keep making excuses, and the Holy Spirit already told you six months ago, but you, I'm going to give it three more months. Because I'm, well, Lord, can you give me a sign? I didn't give you three road signs. I didn't send the helicopter. I didn't send flowers. I didn't send Zeke. Everybody that spoke to you used to asking me for signs. Yeah. So good. You answered it. Yeah. You answered it Excellent. 100%. Yeah. That, that spirit-led piece, that's the part that we want. It's like we want practical things with spiritual principles. And oh, this, this, I'm getting totally ahead of myself. This Therapy Thursday, um, I'm dealing with like, man, that dude in the land of the Gadarenes who was cutting himself, who was screaming, who had all of those issues, we, we now, we would have labeled him ADHD, we would have labeled him depressed, we would have lab- clinically gave all of these things to him, but he was dealing with a devil. He was. Literally, demonically influenced man. And a lot of times we are trying, ugh, we are trying to do practical implications on devil-sent people. Okay? Now here's the part we're not going to like. It's going to be a little hard to, to swallow this one. And the reason we keep trying is because there's a little devil in us. Now you don't like that part though. You don't like, you don't, like I'm overlooking all of the other stuff because my lust part loves how he makes me feel. So I, I'm, I'm tuning out what the Spirit is saying because somewhere your darkness side in him and in you are attracted to each other. A lot of us don't even recognize the only attraction y'all have is darkness. So when you try to use light principles... Maybe this could change. Maybe your dark connection is keeping y'all in compatib- having compatibility. It's, yes. It has nothing to do with the person. It's the darkness in me and the darkness in him attract. If we were to turn out all of these lights in the sanctuary for a moment, a split second, we wouldn't be able to see. But if we continue to sit here, your eyes would adjust to the darkness. And a lot of us, your preferences have adjusted to darkness. Your cravings have adjusted to darkness. Our appetites have adjusted to darkness. It's because we're sitting in relationships, places, businesses. Here we go. Even churches. So long to where we will defend darkness. Yes. Because that's my pastor. That's my therapist. That's my babe. And so it's really the darkness in me and the darkness in them attract. And we end up defending dysfunction. <laughs> we end up defending it. And it's not until, and the reason uh, I wanted to bring that out is because the Holy Spirit will not wait and let you waste your life. He won't. Like, it seems like with this process, God is taking his time. He's trying to teach me something. But when it's hazardous to your mental health and your destiny, he's speaking. And here's the thing, it never stops. It never, there it is, it constantly keeps going. God is saying, no, this is not me. No, this is not me. But remember, Satan comes as an angel of the light. So those little light spurts mess you up. I think they missed that. I think they missed that. You got to go back and you got to miss that. It's those little light spurts that mess you up. But what Isaac is saying, there's a consistency factor there. So if we're really dealing with deciding to be a man, I think this, this happens between 16 to 24. I think that is the time frame when the shift is supposed to happen. 
For many men who are 60, 70, it never does. And during that time frame is when I get off of daddy's wallet and off of mama's breast. And some men have never done it. Okay? So it's that time frame of learning how to stick with something. You want to decide to become a man? What have you stuck with? I'm not talking about Call of Duty or Madden. What have you stuck with that's uncomfortable but fruitful? Yeah. Decide to stick with something. It could be serving in the ministry. It could be volunteering somewhere. It could be a workout regiment. The quality of a kingdom man, one of the basic fundamentals is sticking with something. Bible, long-suffering. Okay? To be able to remain when you're suffering. And somehow, it's like... When, when you talk about you were working out last night, Isaac said he was working out, and I was running. I said, okay, when we work out, we are callousing our mind to ease. Everything in me says stop. Everything in you says it hurts. But we have fell in love with the fruit of long-suffering. Until a man learns how to love the fruit of long-suffering, when it gets hard, he will leave. Decide to be a man. First decision. Paul told us this. When I became a man, I put away childish things. My five-year-old son, when I correct him, what does he do, Miss Flowers? He wants to walk out. He always wants to, I'm going to my room. That's what he does. I don't know where he learned this from. He never seen daddy do this. Where, where did you learn the sinful nature is real? If y'all don't have children, you don't know. How, how did you know to do this? And so I asked him, I said, I said why do you want to go to your room? He said, because I'm mad. I said, why are you mad? You made me mad. I said, okay, how did I make you mad? You you said that this boxing glove won't work. I said, okay, I told you it won't work because there are two left gloves. You need a left glove and a right glove, okay? Why are you mad? Because the glove doesn't work. Okay, so you're no longer mad at daddy. You're mad at the glove. Yes. Okay. Going to your room, being by yourself, daddy's going to miss you. Do do you want to go to your room or do you want to stay out here with daddy? I want the glove fixed. (laughs) It happened last night. This is what he was saying. I want the glove fixed. And I said, okay, daddy will fix the glove after church tomorrow, but I want you to continue to stay out here with me and we can continue to play. Is that okay? Okay. You know what I said, flowers men don't what? Don't quit. Flowers men don't what? Don't quit. I said, self, self control. I'm doing this on purpose. Now, I was upset because he, you know, had a little attitude. He threw it. I was going to correct him. But I want to train him how to be a man to be able to navigate through feelings. I want Jesus. you, why are you angry? You know how many 40-year-old men can't tell you why they're angry? I don't feel like talking. When you want to talk, I don't know. Two things. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's at that age, my five-year-old son being trained when you go through, suck it up. Now he's 15. You mad, suck it up. Now he's 25. You mad, suck it up. Now he's married, he's upset. What's wrong? Nothing. Preacher. It, it's training at a young age, deciding to be consistent with your emotions. You have more than anger. It's quiet in here. I feel like we all... Go ahead, help me. What, what 
is also happening with you and your son is that you're teaching him not only how to process his emotions, but how to talk. Yeah. Because one of the very first areas that a boy is going to experience warfare is on his tongue. Mm, that's so good, man. Say that again. Man. The warfare. very Jeez. first area wow. that a boy is going to experience an attack is on his tongue. That's mm. Adam and Eve, they're in the garden. The devil approaches Eve. They're having this back and forth conversation. She succumbs to the temptation, gets the apple or whatever the fruit is. And then the Bible says in Genesis chapter three, verse six, and she gave the fruit to Adam who was with her the entire time. The entire time she was under attack and she's in this conversation, he's silent. Doesn't say a word. And the Lord says, it's because that's one of the very first areas that a man is going to experience warfare. Every single man in here, every single boy, one of the greatest areas you're going to experience warfare is on your ability to open your mouth and speak. Esau, Esau got married with children, moved all the money, but still won't talk about what happened. You look in the Bible, his entire lineage is wiped out. Why? Because he never dealt with what he was feeling, what happened in his childhood. Mm. He, he, had, he, was, he was of age chronologi- chron- chronologically, yeah. but maturity, no, because I don't want to talk. No, it's really, I don't know how to talk, and I'm silent, and a lot of men are silent because it's easier for me, Isaac Curry, it's easier for me to be quiet than to process why I'm actually having an attitude. No, no. He said, you said to your son, why, why are you angry? I'm angry. Well, t- tell me. And I'm going to miss you. Now tell me, why are you angry? He's forcing him to open it, not just deal with his emotions, but to communicate at a young age. So when he's 12, when he's 15, when he's 21, he may have an attitude for the wrong reason. That's not the problem. The problem, the, the blessing is, I'll be able to tell you why I have an attitude. I can be wrong as two left shoes, but I'm going to talk, though. And I'm going to tell you because we cannot get anywhere in any relationship or any marriage if I won't talk. Bro, and you said something crazy, and I love that example. Thank you, man. Thank you for being a great father. I just want to say that. But you, you cultivated an environment that was safe for your son. There you go. And I think we look at the word, oh, you're just insecure. And now it becomes a, a, an arrow and a dart. But insecure, if you look at it, just at squarely the root of that, it just means unsafe. I'm unsafe to be me here. Yeah. I'm unsafe to be truthful with you. I'm unsafe 
to be myself in these moments. I'm going to tell you this. Insecure people aren't insecure with everyone. <laughs> insecure people don't feel unsafe in our environments. See, here's the thing. Those same insecure people, I, you, say, you got these women that are insecure, and you look at them, but online, all they do is they show their bodies. No, here's the thing. They've ran to the applause. See, on, when I show my body online, wow. they celebrate it. I feel safe. I feel affirmed. I feel valued. But when I start typing out my passions and no one likes it and, and people are disparaging me, I feel unsafe. And so now our job as men, our, our job as men first for men is cultivating, promoting spaces where men feel safe to speak, to share failures, to share who they truly are, what they wow. truly face and what they struggle with. And if we fail at that, what happens is then they'll go into spaces with this self-defense mechanism. Because if I feel unsafe, what's the next step? Or automatically, I know I'm supposed to protect, but men end up by default protecting what's not supposed to be protected. Mm. And so oh. now I'm protecting you from the real me. I'm protecting you from Ooh. the powerful me. I'm protecting you from the loving me. And all you're getting is the aggressive me. Why? Because I feel too unsafe. So I give you aggression because that is the safest way for me to express myself. Mm. Yeah, I can't be honest. I, I can't be weak because it's not safe here. Make sure you're not here. Yes. So Make good. sure and to, you're and, not. And I'm going to say two things. We're going to get out of here. Was this good for anybody? Yeah. Um, so this, this is something I feel led to do. Then we're reflect on points and we're going to pray and we're, we're out of here. Um, for wives or potential wives in the room or mothers who have sons, and this is just real. Uh, don't let anybody talk you out of this. If there was a man that did not have that process when he was five, what's wrong? Why? You as a wife may have to begin to deal with the little boy in him. Honest. It's the truth. And it has nothing to do with him not being a man. It was not cultivated, taught. You want to add to it? My wife. There it is. Does it with me. I'm yes. going to say this last sentence. She said to me, I love the little boy in you. <laughs> I looked at her like she had four eyes. I was like, what? There's a little boy in you. And I love him. And you know what, and you know what I learned? The Lord said, it's a little girl in her. And so we would laugh. I say, there's a little girl in you. Mm -hmm. And so... When she told me that she loves a little boy in me, I cried. Because even the pastor, even the anointed, <laughs> there is a little boy yeah. that didn't receive cultivation in certain areas. And I have this exterior and it only comes out in privacy or with people with whom I'm comfortable. Yeah. But you want to be able, what you're speaking is so prophetic. Yeah. 
Because when my wife did it to me, so before you start chasing, oh, I seen y'all on therapy Thursday, I want that. No, no, my wife also told me there's a little boy on the inside of me, and he actually wants to come out to play, and he just needs to make sure it's safe. Yeah, yeah. It's so good, and the reason I want us to understand that, because most of us in here did not have healthy parents. So there was a part in your childhood that never got developed. And the beauty of God is what he would do is he would surround you with people and sometimes even in covenant where they will begin to tell you that little boy is safe here. That little girl is safe here. This does not mean he's not a man, he's weak. It means I missed a step and it wasn't my fault. There was something, all of us were affected by what happened to us and what did not happen to us. All of us. And so when we understand this grace space, that I have to be able to talk to him. My wife being able to talk to me and equip me and get me to understand that you are a good man. That you are doing a good job. And cultivating that boy out of me. When I had a little boy, I know what to cultivate in him. You see what I'm saying? The same way trauma cycles go from gener generation to generation is the same way healthy holistic cycles can go from generation to generation. So for, for us, especially in here as men, the first thing, be consistent. Second thing, watch that tongue. Watch that tongue. Does not mean always be silent, but be able to know who do I speak to. Because the mouth is the ventilation system of the heart. And a lot of men's hearts are like an inflated balloon, and it just takes one more crisis to make it pop. I have to be able to express. And the most important, I have to be a lead man. If I'm not a lead man, don't expect anybody to follow you. And a lot of marriages are suffering. Communities, businesses, churches, this is not just a spiritual issue. We have bosses that are spirit-led, and it's affecting the whole corporation. We can't affect we can't expect to change the world without first having changed men. And I'm always, and I don't care what people think, I'm always going to have forums every, every year throughout the year, several times, dealing with this because I recognize this is an issue in our homes is we don't have the men being trained, taught, cultivated, loved, celebrated, honored. We don't have that. And so I know at this church and at this ministry, we're always going to speak to the men, pour into the men, honor the men, respect the men, build the men, period. And so the sisters, as this happened, you're going to know if you bring a brother here, what he's going to get. For real. Because there's sisters who won't bring him because you know I'm going to deal real with him. The last thing I want to say, and this is what I'm dealing with next Sunday on um, It Had to Happen. I was studying um, this message about Judas, and we're about to wrap up the Destiny Decision series. And God showed me something that just had me tripping. I haven't even told you that yet. This is Miss Flowers. Judas is never the enemy. My whole sermon shifted this week. I'm, I'm talking about Judas and Judas. Judas is never the enemy. He's the friend of your enemy. Did y'all hear what I just said? He was in the clique with the Pharisees and Sadducees who were trying to kill Jesus. Your Judas is always cool with your enemies. I begin to chase it more. Delilah was not Samson's enemy. 
the Philistines were. Y'all not ready. The Philistines were. But Delilah was in a, in like, she was cool with the Philistines enough to be used by the Philistines to get to him. That's good. That's good. All together, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And so the reason I wanted to highlight that is a lot of people are influenced by the enemy. And it's affecting you. And so instead of viewing them as the problem, if you can have the spiritual understanding to recognize somebody's behind him who is using him or using her as a puppeteer to get them to use and create my agenda, we're fighting on the wrong level, y'all. We're fighting in the flesh, and this is something that is affected by the Spirit. And this conversation that we're having on today is really a spiritual conversation that's manifesting in our culture, and it's manifesting in our churches. The the spiritual leaders and the gatekeepers are in identity crisis, and they have not made the transition to lay aside childish things. And no matter how much we preach, no matter how many sermon series we do, if we do not get those identity givers and those gatekeepers and those leaders and those protectors on their knees surrendered to Jesus, the change that we want to see in the earth will be limited. I'm not limiting sisters who are killing it. But the agenda of hell has always been kill the man. Yes. So... I beg you, don't help the enemy by killing them too. Don't help the enemy. Be a midwife. Not the old wives. Be a midwife. When Pharaoh gave them instructions to kill every two-year-old boy, there was a midwife that said, we're not going to do it. And I want to challenge my sisters to recognize the little boys that you see, don't kill them. Resist the lies of Pharaoh to kill every two-year-old man and recognize that even if you don't get accepted by them, there is somebody who needs for you to speak life into them. Does this make sense? So we can stand and we can pray. I hope this was good for y'all. Went over a little long. It's okay. I feel like this was needed. Last time I had uh, Will pray. Zeke, would you mind to pray? I want us to pray um, just because I recognize this is serious, y'all. And um, my heart and all the hearts of every brother up here wants to see revival in the earth. We do. And all of us, you are revival. But when those kings get in position, hell is limited when there is a decided man. Let's pray it up. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We celebrate your name. We thank you for this time. We give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the arresting. There's been an arresting, oh God, tonight. An arresting of every accuser, of every liar. Thank you, Jesus. Every spirit that has come to speak a word, a whisper, a word that stands against the alignment of what you have said upon the men of this generation. It is arrested, rebuked, muffled, destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus. 
I thank you, Lord, oh God, because we are now under your umbrella. Yes. The umbrella of your authority, the umbrella of your passion, your desires manifested. Thank you that 2022, we will see the beginnings of the manifestations of your plans and your thoughts, oh God. Yes, we God. thank you, oh God, for what you're doing in this city in Houston. Thank you for what you're doing in this ministry, O King of Glory. We thank you for the leader that you have in place, his wife and his family. We thank you that the impact is permeating even now, that we're not celebrating just a good family. We're celebrating good families. We're celebrating good community. We're celebrating a fellowship of love, a fellowship of encouragement, a fellowship of correction, a fellowship of growth, O King of Glory. Thank you, Lord. The disciples are being birthed in this place. I already see men being raised up as disciples, leading their homes, leading their communities, leading the charges at their workplaces, leading. And we shut up the mouth of the enemy, the mouth yes. of the enemy that's telling them that they're addicted, telling yes. them that they're no good, telling them that they are lost, telling them that they are too broken to be husbands, too broken to be fathers. It is a lie. It is not true. And we stand on your truth not the enemy's reality not the reality of our past we stand on your truth today God as we walk out of these doors we're walking out commissioned we're walking out knowing that what you have declared we have already received oh God we are sitting in the rest oh God of your declaration as sons and daughters of the most high God and we're thanking you oh Lord for every little boy that is represented in the room Father. We're thanking you that the wounds are being mended even now by your spirit. We're thanking you, oh God, that you have already sent men, oh God. They are already in place to speak to the little boy. Yes. That they are raised up as men taking charge, as soldiers that are not getting entangled with the affairs as civilians, but are walking, honoring the one who had enlisted them. We thank yes. you even right now thank that you. this time of celebration will be reflected in our homes. We'll lift up our voices saying, thank you, Jesus, because yes. what you have said, we are beginning to see. We yes. thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor. The prophecies are being fulfilled right now. The words are being manifested right now. We're thanking you for the upliftment. And we're even thanking you, oh God, for, for, for the church, oh God, the structure, the building, oh God. Uh, we thank you for this season of rain because we know that the rain season means that there's harvest, oh God. And we're praying, oh God, that the harvest is bountiful and that you increase and multiply the laborers, oh God, of this ministry and this household. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.